Welcome to Sound and Vision. Conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors, who make amazing acrylic and oil paint, watercolors, and painting mediums. Made in upstate New York, an employee-owned company, Golden sets the standard for art materials. You can find them in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum has an incredible array of roasted coffee beans that you can order and have delivered to your door. They even have a subscription service of curated blends that you can order by visiting their website fulcrumcoffee.com. Sound and Vision listeners can get 20% off their order by adding the code Alfred Studio at checkout. Check out Fulcrum for some amazing coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com. Galen Cheney is a painter living and working in North Adams, Massachusetts. Galen received a BA from Mount Holyoke College and an MFA from the Maryland Institute College of Art. She's at solo exhibitions at David Richard Gallery in New York City, the Adron Duckworth Museum in Berlin, New Hampshire, the University of Maine at Augusta, the Painting Center in New York City, Da Wang Culture Highland in Shenzhen, China, St. Gauden National Historic Site in Cornish, New Hampshire, and Gallery 1225 in Montreal, amongst many others. Her many group exhibitions include Mark Bettis Gallery in Asheville, Kawam Modern and Contemporary in West Palm Beach, Lockwood Gallery in Kingston, New York, Berkshire Art Museum in North Adams, Massachusetts, the Fleming Museum in Burlington, Vermont, Site Gallery in Brooklyn, Greenville, South Carolina Center for the Arts, Gray Contemporary in Houston and the University of Dallas. She's received fellowships to attend residencies at the Malay Colony, Dohang Cultural Highland in China, and the Vermont Studio Center. In 2020, she received a North Adams Project Grant in 2019, attending the studios at Mass Mocha. Her work has been collected widely and has been featured in many publications, including New American Paintings, Berkshire Magazine, Collage Magazine, Art New England, Studio Visit, Tupelo, Mud Season Review, Whitefish Review, and The Laurel of Asheville. The many blogs that have featured her work include Art Spiel, I Like Your Work, The Weird Show, Design Milk, Artsy, Forager, The Periphery, and Pattern Pulp. Galen and I talk about getting out in nature, energy and painting, old wild days of art school, staying true to explorations, and much more. Here's our conversation. So, it looks nice and sunny. It is. It's, um, it's, been, it's been great. I mean, we're not in a drought. I'm in North Adams, Massachusetts. Right. It's one of those in, very familiar names, but I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah, so we moved here from northern Vermont about four years ago, and a big reason why we'd been coming down here and decided to move here was because of Mass Mocha, which you must have heard of Mass Mocha. Of course. Yeah, so that's like a 10-minute walk down the hill from my house. That's nice. So you feel a little more connected in that way? I definitely do. I mean, that was a, a big part of moving here and even though it's a really small little city a lot of artists come through and I've actually 
been able to meet a lot of artists that I've just known sort of through Instagram or whatever. Yeah. And do studio visits and stuff because they're coming to different shows at the museum. So it's cool. Right. That was the, uh, I don't know, yeah, the Beacon model. You know, a lot of people moved up the mm-hmm. Beacon like, you know, 15 years ago, like when Dia first opened up there because they were like, oh, we can have right. way more space, cheap house, and people come up. So it's totally, you know, you, you could end up having even more studio visits than you normally would, you know, like yeah, I never exactly. have studio visits, not never, but you know what I mean? I rarely have yeah. studio visits. I just, and why is that? I think it's because, well, these days, cause I'm podcasting. So maybe I don't feel quite the necessity as much right. because I'm so right. busy. Well, a, I'm really busy. So when I go to studio mm-hmm. time, it's like. I'm punching the clock. I'm like, okay, this is my time to work. This isn't time to sit around and chew the fat, you know? I hear so that. So I just yep. get in there and get the work, and then I leave, and I feel like I encounter so many people in my day-to-day, and right. even, like, friends of my kid and, like, other people in the community, just a lot of artists, you know? Not all of them, obviously, but... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. The studio visit thing yeah. occasionally, but I would gather that if I moved outside the city far away you would want it i'd probably yeah. and i'd probably have more though i'd probably be inviting people like come on out <laughs> right. come enjoy yeah. the mountains or the, the lake or uh-huh. whatever, you know yeah but i think well it, if you it, if you come out this way let me know i will it you know i have friends too who are based in maine which seem you know i we travel to maine sometimes and up the coastline it's such a nice place mm-hmm. and you know there's stuff Along the coast, there going is up, stuff. There's stuff to do. That's for sure. Absolutely. So, was Vermont nice though? Did you love it? Oh yeah. I mean, I kind. Of, I didn't exactly grow up there. I mean, I grew up in Connecticut, but my grandparents lived in Vermont, mm-hmm. and I just was always really happy there, and went to camp and all that kind of stuff, and sort of decided pro- pretty early on that. When I grew up, I wanted to live in Vermont. And so I did that for about 20 years before moving here. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. It's it, that was I, enough. You know, I noticed a couple of things in reading about you. The, the two major things that stuck in my head was one was there was a lot of like born in California, but basically didn't grow up, didn't spend any time there. I- an East Coaster. So it was very much like yeah. East Coaster. And then the second thing was Painter's Painter, which I, I'm so, I, I was like, I have to ask you about. I, I'm intrigued. I Obviously, I know what that means, but I always like to get to the bottom of that as a non-Painter's Painter. <laughs> Who, oh, you're not? I am, but no one would look at my paintings and say he's a Painter's mm. Painter. But I love paint, hmm. and I love painting, and there's just as much of a process. So, of course, I'm a, totally. I, 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 but it's very prominently sort of like part of your description is like this. I know. This person and is I actually, painter. I, I had a little um, kind of like a mentoring session uh, with a gallery dealer. It was just sort of a program that they did gratis, and I took advantage of it. And she recommended that I not say that. And it's still there. Obviously, I haven't done anything to my There's website no in like a year. It it's still all. there. I think, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, she was like, well, what does that, what does that mean? And it doesn't, I think she felt like it put people who are not painters off, like it kind of excluded them in some way. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it, it, I thought the, the criticism could be from someone is like oh that's abiding to like this romanticization of what painting is like a painter's painter is used often in the sense of like this is real painting uh, <laughs> like yeah. I'm getting messy you know oh yeah and, no I didn't mean that but um, no I think of more of a painter's painter as someone who's really indebted to what the, the language and medium of painting in and of itself that that becomes I mean any I would imagine any abstract painter is would be probably deemed more of a painter's painter than anyone else I guess I don't know I mean part of what I was saying was that I think I appeal mostly to other painters like in some way they they appreciate maybe what I'm doing more than the average person yeah the secret code of the physicality of paint right yeah, maybe. Which isn't really a I secret mean, I, code, but you do you do have to enter that work. It's a different lexicon. You know, it's not that's right. the fig when you take away the figure, the representation or whatever, and it and it leans heavy into the process of the way it's made as a, as opposed to the illusion. Not that there's not a heavy illusionistic aspect of that formal element of the painting, but you know, it's leaning towards like the blood, sweat, and tears, and, you know, cadmium Correct. red or whatever. So, and that right. is, you know, it is inside baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to an extent. Yeah. You know, there's musicians yeah. like that who get into, I mean, you know, it's like a jazz musician, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like who's improving and, you know, there's there's a propensity for people who don't understand that language to be like, oh, there's just noodling around us. Come on. Right. Like, where can right. I get into it's... this song, you know? Can't you sing yeah, about, exactly. like, you know, the forest and the trees? But it, you know, it's it's really digging into it, into the process of it, right? And it it can be an acquired taste as well. Definitely, yeah. I mean, there's the contingent of, you know, it's it's those layers. It's like a peeling an onion. There's the people who are like, well, art, whatever. And then when you peel that back, and you like the people who like art, they're like, oh, I like pictures that look like stuff. And then you peel that back, and it's like, <laughs> wait abstract stuff my kid could do that peel that back <laughs> oh i've heard that trust me then the it, the the middle like the the core is when you peel all those layers back it's the banana duct tape to the wall that's like the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the ground ultimate. zero of the, that's right of the bullshit yeah. factor of art <laughs> uh-huh yeah <laughs> it's like really yeah. that's that's what are you gonna do um uh-huh. well so well let's go back to the the early days i mean were you a drawer's drawer when you were a kid? Were you like just doing it all the time and loving I, it? I was, I was a drawer for sure. Yeah. That was, um, you know, I spent a lot of time out in the woods and I still do kind of, pretty much every day I get out there. And um, yeah, always, you know, kids are always making art and I just never, I never stopped. Were your parents creative? And Well, not really my dad was an engineer i mean i spoke he still has an engineer's mind um and my mom she didn't make art but she was a great appreciator of art and sort of collected on a small scale and 
had this incredible eye for specifically abstract art. I don't know where that came from for her. Um, it's not in her family, but so she would take us to museums, drag us to New York and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, that was hugely influential. I mean, I didn't really understand it at the time, but I was getting the message from her by doing all of that, that, you know, art is worthy. Right. It's, you know, it's a, it's a valid, it's a valid path. Something to look into. Just, yeah. like, you know, it, it, being a fan of something. And so, you know, my, my dad, I've never seen him play. He never played a note of music in his life, I don't think. I never saw him use an instrument, but he listened to mm-hmm. it nonstop. And that really, there you go. I think it teaches you like anytime. That's why older siblings are useful in that sense. Anytime you see people geek out on stuff, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah. especially when you're younger. Uh-huh. You're like, Oh, right. Yeah. Let's get into this, you know? Yeah. So yeah. having someone as close in your family doing that with art, I'm sure sort of like, you know, lends a roadmap that, you know, your life can have this as part of it, the part of your path. Absolutely did. Yeah. And I didn't really know or understand at the time what kind of part art was going to play. I mean, yeah. you know, going to museums in New York, whatever, it was like artists were like the people who made the things that were in those museums. In those museums, that they were like alien creatures. Right. You know what I mean? I, I completely separate from myself, and I didn't have any understanding that, like a normal person like myself, could actually be that one day or do that. Right. You know that took that took more time to come to that. Yeah, none of the dubious things that are unconsciously put into our minds by our parents, or we're <laughs> we're not conscious of them until much later. You're like, oh shoot, yeah. that came from them. <laughs> Right. right. Yeah, and even though I was drawing and all of that kind of stuff, I still didn't see the relationship right. of what I was doing to, you know, the art world, per se. Yeah, it's the forest from the trees. you got to get some distance, you know, to understand yeah. all that. And it's still hard to understand. But, um, but yeah, in school, was art your go-to? And were you a big music fan, too? Was there music in the house? Ah... Uh, the, well, I would not, think mom, my parents weren't that. Maybe mom just yeah. gravitated to art more than music. Yeah, like she was an intellectual and very much into politics and um, and art. You know, yeah, that was really her thing. I could totally but, see classical music being part of that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of person being into like abstract yeah. painting and you know, yeah. Beethoven or something. Right, right. No, I was in the. I was in the back room with the stereo listening to you know jefferson airplane and uh the kinks you know (laughs) exactly that kind of stuff shut the door listen to your music uh yeah yeah crosby stills nash and young oh yeah you know i'm i'm older than you by by quite a lot so that that kind of stuff was uh central yeah you know one of my first records was the uh beatles uh sergeant peppers nice I mean, it's yeah. So that's a I wore that thing out. Deep end of the pool, right there. Mm-hmm. Well, that and that. Yeah, I mean, is that where you came into the Beatles, or were you? Did you see the progression? That's where I came in. Wow, that's that's where I came nice. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. To I mean, I of course I came to the Beatles a little later, not not too much later, but you know my. My dad had that best of record where they're on a balcony looking down. And I remember that uh, yeah. vinyl, you know, so it was yeah, kind yeah. of like 
there was a lot there to dip into. It wasn't like one style. I can't imagine right. like getting in from the jump with the Beatles and seeing that progression, just like them yeah. going into like so many different worlds must be fascinating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a ride. Yeah. It's, it's, I think one of the great advantages and what, or, or just what makes people interesting is the lineage of things that they, they go through as a human, like in their heyday, like in their formative years, like where you, like one of my teachers always said, like the history of art's like a river and you're just walking up to the, the river where you get to it. You know, it's already been going and there's a current and you get in and it's going to take you, but you get in at that point. You know, I feel like, I love that metaphor. Right. I feel like for me, the one thing that jumps out, some of it's music, but it's more of like technology. Like, I feel like I really got in, I'm I'm witnessing like a huge shift. Yes. And that's like, you know, something that, you know, and looking at my son, like he, he's already in the, he came up to the river and the rapids. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. But they're still moving. Right. And so he's, he's still just stepping in, Definitely. but we just can't even imagine where it's going. Because it's it's happening so fast. I know. Yeah, it's picking up. Steam. I mean, I am I'm like a caveman. You know, it's like a pre everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did have electricity and we had a refrigerator. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, it's um, and I'm actually grateful for that. Yeah. No, it's it's good to have the perspective. I think it and and being able to teach yourself to. Um, or at least I feel like part of staying young is trying to not give up on what's changing. Right. And at the same time, it's incredibly old person of someone to try to fully adapt to something new. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you got to be like, all right, I get it. It's not my home base here, but I'm going right. to understand it, but I'm not going to try to jump in and pretend like I can do this from scratch. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not that interested, yeah. you know? Right. It's like I want to be I want to be literate. I want to be able to function. I mean, I I managed to like you're I'm looking at you. Right. So, I I'm good enough to be able to uh open a a link, but yeah, and my paintings are pretty uh caveman too, I have to say. <laughs> Which is that was the genesis of art, right? Drawing on caves. That, well, and um that I they're in there. They're they're definitely uh, inside of me. Those those images. Yeah, they really they resonate. I love the cave as a metaphor. Though that I remember the first time I was in class. I forget what it was, and they were talking about Plato's cave, and I was just like, like mind blown. Yeah. you know, uh-huh. I was like, oh, because as people who sit here and create worlds and pictures. You know what I mean? To think of that mm-hmm. as being a metaphor for our existence is just this playing out of like shadows on a wall or something. It's pretty. That's right. Meta. Yeah. But it's kind of like what we, you know, are like we're in the business of creating worlds in a weird way. You know, it's our own little world, but we just sit there in a room and make it. And we can That's completely right. entertain. I mean, I think most people I know who are artists would be perfectly happy going to a white room every day and just making their world and just spending all that's their all time I want to do that, right that's like the that's the, all I want to do that's like the uh the holy grail of like 
<laughs> of mm-hmm. success or like being able, yeah, I just get to go make these pictures that I want to make or build these sculptures. Isn't that wild? It is. Yeah. Yeah. There's something meditative and beautiful about it though. I think. It is. It is. Well, it is um it's my it's my meditation. I mean, in addition to getting out in the woods, which kind of helps me get into that headspace. Yeah, I'm kind of where I can jealous of that. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, nice. I I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, I love the city, but I couldn't. I couldn't live there at this point. I mean, I did right after college. I lived in New York before I was before I really understood that I wanted to quote unquote be an artist. Right. I was um, I was doing entirely different kind of work. I was. Uh, working for a magazine and I was traveling I was doing this whole corporate thing that was like the, and, the uh, job you got out of school this yeah was, and you went to Micah before you moved here right yeah so I I, I did a double major with art and Italian um, at Mount Holyoke and then I moved to New York after that and uh, ended up in the publishing business and after living in New York for a few years and kind of advancing in that career, I, you know, I just came to understand that I, I really needed to make art. Yeah. And um, so then I, you know, started applying to grad schools and, and ended up at MICA. God, speaking of industries that have changed, that you would witness a change over your lifetime, publishing. Because remember when, like, magazines and books no were kidding. everything. Like, you would go That's to... Right. Barnes and whatever you would go to the newsstand and like actually you and you I'm sure you remember this in New York was littered with these newsstand stores that just had like magazines from all over the world that's right and you just go in there and sit there and read them for hours and it was that was your source of inspiration it was basically Mm -hmm. the internet before the internet yeah that in the uh for me it was the oh god what was it called the uh the image library the the public library that has the images oh, up by yeah. uh, Brian Park. I forget the name of it. Huh. But you go in and you just, it's a library of images and you just, there's folders of like if you want to see a picture what? of like Eero Sarin and stuff, you just card catalog it and you go to the folder wow. and there's pictures and you can photocopy them. That was Google image search back then. Totally. But, Fascinating. But it was a gold mine. I mean otherwise you just didn't have pictures of stuff. Right, but magazines—they huh. were really important too. But yeah. but the publishing industry gave you a quick um, U-turn and said, "You know what? This isn't for me. I want to do. I want to make art." Yeah, yeah. Were you what meeting am I doing? artists though? Or were you too busy um, working? Some, but I was like, you know, I look back now and I was like, "Geez, you know, I wish I had been kind of in that world more." It was, this is you know, late eighties, mid 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 to late eighties. Soho was jumping and. Yeah, there was a lot going on, you know, but I was sort of living in this parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Where were you living in the city? I was living um, on Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Um, Parkside Avenue, so like a West Indian neighborhood yeah, near I know where Flatbush. How was mm-hmm. that back then? Feisty? <laughs> You know, our, I had a roommate. We were paying a thousand bucks a month, which you know seemed like a lot then. But we had a really nice apartment, and yeah, it was it was a lot of it was 
gritty and hot and loud and there was you know drummers in the park every day yeah. and it was it was cool it was cool I mean I loved my time in New York but um yeah I just it, it was the wrong it was the wrong direction yeah so and how did you land on Micah for grad school was it just places that were close you were looking into because there are well, you know, schools in the city too yeah well the I applied, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was just blind, working in the dark. Nobody, I didn't have anybody counseling me on how to do any of this. I was just like, oh, I want to be an artist. I need to go to grad school. And since I had been drawing, I just applied with these drawings. And I, of course, I applied to Yale. I applied to, you know, I applied to the, the best, most elite programs. And I didn't, I didn't get in anywhere. Uh, And so, yeah, but I didn't give up um, because I needed them. So I, uh, I actually went to Vermont and just really focused on building a portfolio that could get me into school. Oh, nice. And uh, Micah took me. So that's where I went. Great spot. And how was it then? Was it, was it pretty siloed as far as like your painting and sculpture and all that stuff? Like how was the, what was the vibe of it then? Well, they were trying to create a program that was as least like school as they could. They were trying to, you know, throw us in the deep end kind of thing. And it's like, well, you know, we don't really care if you show up or not. Uh, If you're going to be an artist, you're going to have to kick your own ass. And it's totally on you. Um, So it was almost like an artist residency. I mean, it, we all had studios in this old like shoe factory or something and we were smoking and drinking. I mean, it was, <laughs> this is, yeah, again, late eighties. Um, I'm amazed that the place did not go up and smoke. Isn't it amazing back then? How different, I mean, if oh, you think about my the difference God. to now and then. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, it's I teach where I went to undergraduate school and the, I think about the stuff we did when I was there oh. that I mean it, the whole the thing would just be shut down immediately <laughs> completely completely <laughs> it was wild until yeah it was a different time yeah yeah so I mean it was it was great we had um, we had each other and we had our work and we had a lot of visiting artists yeah. that would come in like like at a, you know a lot of residencies so we would get um you know, studio visits with artists mostly coming from New York. And, you know, some of, some of those were good. Some of those were, you know, people just mostly interested in what they were doing. Um, but then we had some core people. Um, Hermine Ford was really terrific. She was, um, central. She was there, you know, every month she would come for a few days. So she was sort of my, my most important, uh, mentor and uh, Sal Scarpita. Oh yeah, I know was the, also. I know the name. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what he was. His work was like. Wow, what a character! So he um, he showed with Leo Castelli. He was influenced by the Arte Povera oh, movement. Right, right. Um, did I mean I, I was clueless at the time. Um, it was only after I left, really, because I was so caught up in what I was doing. 
that I came to understand what a truly amazing artist he was. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. It's funny. Sometimes um, when you're a student, you can't even, you don't even know the totality, you know? Oh, these days I feel like it's funny because I feel like the information's all out there and the students don't care because they don't, they're just like, what? I don't care. I'm not going to Google. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to spend my time Googling you. There's, I'm going to watch the office or whatever it is. <laughs> but back and then, now it's so easy. It's so easy. Like but then no it really, it. It, yeah. But back oh then, you really wanted that info. We used to take our teachers out, try to convince them to go down to the bar, like the pub. And then, because <laughs> that's when you would get the good stories, you know? So yeah. once in a blue moon, they would show up down there and would get like, you know, $2 pitchers of beer and like, just wait for the stories to, to wash over you, which was pretty great. So, so great. Yeah. And that doesn't happen for you now? No. With your students, you're not going to the pub? <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> No, oh. not at all. That's the, those. That's what I mean. It's a different time. You yeah. Know what I mean? Back then, like mm. it was, there was more. The everything was a little more fluid. You know, now everything's yeah. very, like, kind of like, you know, corporate in a way. Which right. You know, it's it's funny because I think, you know, there's that attitude of like, oh, it's, that, I try to avoid that too of being that older person. It's like, oh, when I was a kid, it was so much better. We just lived in the studios and we had fun and. You know, and now it's like corporate or it's like, oh, I'm getting ready for this or getting ready for that. But I mean, it's probably it's a it's the way society is wired now. And B, it's it probably is if you're going to school, probably more productive to be. Well, yeah, I mean, on on the other hand, it's like it it was total, you know, romance time. Right. I mean, you couldn't even mention the word career. You know, I never associated it with art. (laughs) You know, well, I didn't know to until I was in yeah. grad school that, like, there's this... Well, exactly. Exactly. But I'm talking about in grad school. Oh, yeah. You know, they... Yeah, you... It was... Career was... It was, you know, verboten to talk about that sort of thing. Definitely. It was or just... It was just... Matter. It was just the art. Yeah. It was all about the art and what you were doing in your studio. And, you know, it was sort of understood that you were just going to get out of school and you were going to land a teaching job and then you were going to get a gallery and these things were just sort of going to, you know, fall in your lap. And yeah, it, it wasn't really like that. That always happened. Yeah, but they were like, we're yeah. not going to sully your education by talking about like how right. to actually survive as a human. when you get Yeah, no. Or yeah, that no, mountain of, of that. debt yeah. that'll be floating over your head. Meh. Uh-huh. Let's talk about, you know. Yeah. Let's talk yeah, about let's the situationists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. it's something that right. will completely not help you when you... And, and that's, you know, something that is good these days, I think, is that there's a little bit of an education about, like, hey, here's how to survive. Or here's how to yeah. you know, be responsible it's, in business a little bit. Because you're going to have to negotiate some of that stuff. You know? It's useful. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, it sounds like we were both, well, you probably more so than me, but a little Wild West in school. Mm-hmm. So you came yeah. out of that and were you, you know, what you were drawing getting in, were you painting moving out? Like, were you starting to? Yes. You know? Yep. I, you know, I'd been drawing, you know, landscape and imagined landscape and, you know, narrative work representational and um pretty early on i don't know how it happened but some kind of a switch was flipped and i started uh 
making abstract work and I made a lot of really, really bad, dark abstract paintings. Dark, like and, just um, dark thematically or dark like color wise? Well, I guess both. Yeah. 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 I went through a goth phase. And yeah. And, you know, I did have some painting instruction in my, you know, my undergrad. I was a studio art major, but there really wasn't a lot of instruction in, you know, at MICA. There was a lot of critique? There was critique, yep. It was pretty hands-off is what you're saying. You just kind of went there. Yeah, it's like, figure it out. Figure it out. And, you know, there were things like, well, you know, if... If if you're convinced of it, then maybe I could be too, but I'm not so sure about that painting or that direction, you know. Right. Um, there was a lot of a lot of leeway. So I uh I really just had to figure it out for myself. And um yeah, I just have not really I'm still trying to figure it out. Aren't we basically. all basically? God, it sounds like an easy paycheck yeah. for the faculty. Ah, you're doing great. Yeah, they yeah, they had it pretty good. <laughs> That's like, pretty good. That's kind of like I was mentioned. It's kind of like parenting. Like my parents had it so easy. You know what I mean? Seatbelt. <laughs> what the hell is a seatbelt? You know, there was nothing. I know. Now everything's micromanaged. And I feel like back then it was probably like that with teaching too, where it's, you know, now there's like all these rubric. That's probably for the best. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things I think that have retired out of. Yes. That are good things. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, <laughs> like the bar car in the, in, in the in, you know in the middle of the art building or something. Whatever you know, there was a lot of like rambunctiousness. It's probably good to be uh-huh. Yeah. So I mean, I made great friends that I'm still friends with now. It was you know a really kind of a formative time, but uh, not a, not a whole lot of instruction. Yeah. So you're still and you said you're still figuring. Well, we're all f- still figuring it out. Yeah. Well, what happened yeah, when you I mean, got it, out? It, did, you, did you feel like you started, okay, now I'm going to take that experience of just working for a couple of years and keep going, keep the momentum going? And did you feel like you were pushing through some stuff? And, or were you kind of I like just wearing? Yeah, I, I, just, I just never stopped. I mean, I was just laser focused on making paintings. Yeah. Um, and would do whatever I had to do to make a living. So that I could keep keep making work. Any fun jobs? And oh gosh, well I went to I went to Italy. Um, I'd, I'd done a junior year in undergrad in uh, Florence, and after grad school, I went back and lived there for a year. And <laughs> this is it was a great job. I um, I went to work under the table, of course, for a couple of the women that were in that. Uh, year abroad program and they'd opened a bakery an American bakery in Florence so I would ride around on a bicycle and deliver cakes birthday cakes and cookies and things like that to other American students that were there Did you just for have the a big year. basket on the front or something I had a big basket nice. yeah yeah that was a pretty fun job that sounds um, romantic you know, bicycling so through Italy it really was nice. you know and you know making making work and actually showing it there um it's some really great artist material shops that were, you know, in business for 400 years. So it was, it was pretty amazing. And then I came back and moved back to Baltimore and 
what was I doing? I don't know. Framing. I was doing custom framing, and then I moved to Vermont, and I was teaching in special ed. Um, moved to moved out to Oregon and uh, worked at a bronze foundry wow. carving. That sounds um, st- like stressful or like heavy. Yeah. Well, I was carving. It was fine arts fine foundry, and I was carving in uh, wax, microcrystalline. Oh, nice wax mostly working for this artist named Wyland I don't know if you've heard of this guy he does like these huge whale murals all over the world and then he has these galleries all over where you know they feature his bronzes that actually we made isn't it amazing that there's people like that that are just they're doing it and you've never heard or seen like i've never heard yeah. or seen it but right yeah so he's all about the commercial right you know it's like the making of it whatever not so important um it's it's getting it out there and making money off of it which he's done very well yeah but you know i still really love carving i mean i'm i'm pretty good at it and i want to figure out how i can work that into what i'm doing yeah I just can't seem to stop painting long enough to change gears. It does seem like a, a big shift, like a big physical shift. You know, there's got to be a way, though, whether it's a will yeah. or a way. Yeah, I just have to devote some energy to figuring that out. Right. Do you but feel it's, like you're, it's an itch that I want to scratch. When you're constantly painting, it's hard to take that time. You know, you're devoting all that time to that, that thing. It's hard to get it to right. the other boat. That's right. Yeah. So, well, what? How did the paintings change out of school? Like, because you it sounded like you moved through some different styles and different ways of working. Mm-hmm. Where did you land? Um. Well, I I really just was exclusively painting, you know, oil on canvas, and coming up with different kinds of imagery it was always kind of organic shapes and then I think it was I got sort of obsessed with Philip Guston's abstractions those are good and they're pretty good and um I was making work that was reminiscent of that um just very painterly um, sort of amorphic shapes embedded in this really painterly field. And they were kind of beautiful and people were buying them. Um, and that was kind of a nice feeling because that was really the first time that I was consistently, you know, earning some money from painting. I got a gallery in Vermont where I was living at the time. And at a certain point, those just were no longer satisfying me. I felt like, you know, I, I, I've done that. Right. And I had a residency at the Vermont Studio Center. Nice. And I had some of that work in the studio. Um, and I had a studio visit with Bill Jensen. Yeah. Who I went specifically at that time to have a meeting with him because, you know, he's an important painter for me. And 
on the wall was this thing, this big diptych that I had been working on for weeks while I'd been there. And the thing was just, it felt so foreign and strange and a little bit ugly. Mm -hmm. And um, so he came in and he saw those paintings that, you know, had been successful and had, you know, I'd been getting some, you know, I don't know. People were people were appreciating those paintings. So he saw those and he just um he called them perfume. <laughs> and so it's like, "Oh, which I really knew in my gut was true, which is probably why it was such a blow." And he just looked at this crazy monstrosity on the wall and he said, "You know, do that. Do more of that." And that was really a pivotal moment for me in my work so um, well i just did, yeah so did he but he only came to the work in that instance right like he wasn't watching it develop over time that's right that's really interesting because so so that work that he saw there's like do that just probably visually demonstrated more struggle or search or something like asking questions and the other ones he thought just look nice that's right, exactly. And that is that how you yeah. felt about it? Because it sounded like you felt that way about the Gustin work, the Gustin-y work, where it was like, oh, it looks yeah. nice, but it wasn't like feeding the soul or something. Yeah, I mean, it had been initially. They, I felt like I came to them honestly, yeah. but then I, you know, I just was done. I didn't. They weren't interesting to me anymore to make them or or to look at them or anything. I was I was done with that. But I was getting pressure to continue right. to make those because they were selling with my gallery. But um, so that um, that was really significant for me. That just hearing that from him, yeah. just pers- you know, pursue that that strange thing that you don't understand, but that you feel compelled to to work out. Right. Um, so that was that hit you. It really, it really, really did hit me, and I've, I've sort of been pursuing the strange ever since, in a way. Yeah, I mean, the, the work is, is really, it looks like a search, you know. Like, there's so many things that pop into my head from, you know, obviously there's a reference to a certain kind of, like, abstraction of process mm-hmm. abstraction that, you know, um, formulated in American painting in a time when there was a lot of exploration and kind of improvisation was a big thing. You know, like I mentioned before, Mm -hmm. like jazz music, you know, a lot of that kind of like expressive searching and free form. And, you know, it's not like it doesn't have the verse, chorus, verse. It has this open ended sort of like movement and expression. That's stuff I think about and they're pretty dynamic and, you know, the scale and the physicality and, they look like they've been given the once over a few times, you know, and it's, you know, it doesn't look like you're sitting at a table, you know, making these very quietly. No, no. So the the studio is a gym, basically. (laughs) It is. It's a gym. I'm on the floor. I'm on my knees. I'm, you know, ripping things. And, And, you know, I sort of have a few different bodies of work. I mean, I do, I do still really love oil paint and, making work that's very much about color. Yeah. 
But then I do have this other work that is much more physical and sort of collage together. Um, and but with both of those bodies of work, I the the sort of the interior process, the the approach to the painting is is similar in that I don't I, I just get going. Yeah. I just I just get going and uh you know, it's about facing my ego and facing my fears and uh, you know, giving things up and sacrificing things and not not being too precious, uh, you know, I'm pretty relentless when I'm making, when I'm making the work. And, you know, sometimes those, those paintings that at one point I thought were, you know, pretty okay over time, maybe they don't hold up and they're fodder for, you know, the next thing. And they, they go through the grinder and I rip them up or whatever repurpose and that's um sustainable yeah it's really it's really really yeah it's really really satisfying and i feel like you know i'm always trying to be a better painter as i think we probably all are and sometimes it's just right in your face and the fact that i can you know physically just sort of destroy something that i you know i feel like i've moved beyond is really satisfying yeah yeah that just to go to that comment of like i think we're all trying to be better at what we're doing i think for those of us who maybe aren't just like savants that's certainly the case like i feel like i'm not gifted so i have to work really hard and try to get better and better there's some people who are just so gifted that you feel like oh those people are actually trying to like dumb it down like they're trying to get away (laughs) from making it good quote unquote yeah but still they're still trying to get to a better work of art but just not technically necessarily right better, you know what i mean kind the of unlearned yes. I mean, picasso is a great example of like you see that early work and obviously the draftsmanship is like impeccable but like, he's trying right. to just like get to that raw you know ad. get to that kernel yeah mm-hmm. back getting totally. back to like you know when you're a kid and you're just like just scribbling it out and like how do i connect to that why is that so hard those to me those are the most satisfying paintings that i make are those ones that where i just for a moment i get into some kind of a flow and i can access that yeah that just like just pure expression it, but, it's so know, it's hard, hard be- it's hard to get there because it I, I think it's because you can't unlearn you can't go back that's in right. life you just can't it's like trying to go back in time it's so hard to do. We all want to go back to those days when there wasn't a care in the world and we could just draw and like run around and have no fun, judgment, no responsibility, yeah. just like, you know, and especially I think artists love that tapping into that time because it's such a creative time of your life. Like basically all the constructs that we put in in society and as a responsibility and everything is there to crush the sort of like creative spirit. And those people who do really well or who I think are fulfilled, or a lot of them, find a way to within the construct of being productive or providing or being responsible interject Mm -hmm. creativity and wonder and exploration into the framework of that 100% so someone like say what you will about someone like Elon Musk or something but that guy has combined creativity in a way or like a sort of inventiveness with entrepreneurship to where he could just like you know go crazy basically and he is yes aren't we (laughs) 
aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, it's a spectrum. <laughs> it's a spectrum. But yeah, no, he's he seems to be kooky in a way that a lot of great artists that I've known are a little yes, like not yeah, yeah, yeah. quite all there. His brain is a little different, you know. I don't know if it's been analyzed, but uh, it, there's something different going on yeah, for sure. There's a few extra wires going in different mm-hmm. directions, but that can be, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's, that's the old thing of like, you know, some people who are like have like super capabilities but then socially they just can't connect to people you know it's it's, everyone's just wired in a different way you know right but yeah that that kind of um figuring that out is difficult and we all want to get back to that point i think you know that's why like yeah and it's nostalgia is so key you know and yeah yeah it's interesting too what you said about you know not being the most brilliant but but working hard and that I remember when I was at grad school and I was often there you know like the last one there even now in my studio building I'm usually the last one there I did hear the director Babe Shapiro he was walking by the studio with with someone else and he just said you know well she she works really hard yeah it's kind of like you know the subtext is well she might not be the most talented but she works really hard i think that's and, the best uh, i've said that a million times but i mean you know people are given talent you don't earn it you know yeah it's the people who are like work i'll take the hard worker you know that that yeah. that line in sports hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard Oh, right. But it's true. You know, it's like the the person who's grinding. Also, there's an indebtedness to it that I think creates some sort of magic. You know, like the passion for something, I think, creates some energy that people can connect with that's real. It's like friction yeah. or something. And then you could have yeah. someone who's just really good at something, but then there's no, there's no drive. There's no, right. like, you know, uh, what, like mojo. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, it totally, it drives my my whole life. I mean, I honestly don't know what I would do. Again, I think a lot of artists who are really engaged in their work are, you know, feel that way. But it it's, you know, for decades, it's just been what keeps me going. Yeah, I think, I don't know if you felt this at all, but as I've gotten older, like, I, I definitely have that passion for, like, you know, making art and loving it. But I've found that like, you know, in talking to other people, doing the podcast or like curating and doing other things too, that like teaching to some extent, you know, there's these other outlets too, that are pretty great that I think, I don't know. I think I've always had this weird sort of very subtle underlying fear of like, what if I can't use my right hand anymore? Like an athlete, like I know athletes who are like really great and they worry about like, what if the Achilles just goes yeah. you know what the hell do I do but it's nice to know there's right. you know I think we can find that creative spirit hopefully in, in parallel things I mean I, I love music too so I'm sure that would always be a fail safe right and then I think well should my identity be so tied up in doing this thing sure you know is that is that is that okay <laughs> yeah sure is that healthy Def- well I think it's funny because I'm sure you feel this, that nowadays, like when we were younger, there was an adage of like, don't spread yourself thin. You know, you've got mm-hmm. to like find something and devote yourself that's to it. That's right. Nowadays, that's not the prevailing thought. The, the thought now is like, be nimble, be able to do different things. 
because you're not mm-hmm. gonna just be you know given the ticket to do that one thing so right you're not going to you're not going to go work at the factory for 30 years necessarily right and exactly and if you are whatever like a ceramicist you're not going to be necessarily less of a ceramicist if you also, you know, design some furniture too or whatever. Like, there's not this. There used to be a feeling of like, oh, you're you're watering yourself down. Your work won't be good if you're doing other things. Right now, it's like we, there's a feeling of collaboration and enhancement where things can yes. bleed together and sort of elevate. That's right. You know, which I yeah I think is can be true. I mean, you can have good and bad. It depends on the person. It depends on how they do it and what they're doing, but. You know, I don't think doing more than one thing necessarily is going to make what you focus in weaker necessarily. Right. Right. And I think, you know, living a full life and experiencing different things is it's only going to add to the work that you make. Yeah. I mean, I look at Jamie Foxx. That guy is like a comedian. (laughs) Come on. He can sing like he can act. He can. I mean, you know, that people But like is that. he happy? <laughs> Incre- he seems incredibly well adjusted. He seems really happy. Yeah. He just loves yeah. to be able... And that, that sort of, like, joy of being able to, like, devote your life to something that you love is just... That is one of the most beautiful things, I think. Yeah. I feel that. I do feel that. But that is, like, you know, not I, easy. It's like, um, yeah, it's like somehow I, I'm, I've managed to keep it going. Yeah, and a lot of people haven't. You know, people I went to school with or whatever. I think the percentages of people who go to art school or something, the numbers of those people who are continuing to do that, five, ten, twenty years out of school, is um, shockingly low. Honestly. Yeah, they beat that like a drum when I was in undergrad. Like, oh well, you know, only five percent of people go on to grad school, God. and only one well, percent go on to make that. You know, to do that for the rest of your life. Fortunately, I was dumb and like there was nothing else to do. So I was like, well, what the hell? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have at it anyway. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, sound promising, yeah. but you know, what else am I going to do? So I just went for right. it. But, but yeah, it's like those percentages, you know, it, but there's so many, you know, as a teacher, there's so many kids who are in a major or doing something and their heart's not really, you, you know, they're just like, well, I just picked this. And it's like, well, it's going to be tough because mm. there are people out there who are living, eating, breathing, you know, every moment of this thing. And if you're just like, meh, you know, how are you going to? And then if it's a major like art, it's tough. You got to you got to be you got to love you it. You do. You really got to you got to just want it so bad. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because there's going to be some some bumpy roads. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. Not smooth sailing. A lot of reasons to a lot of reasons to quit. For sure. Um, Mm -hmm. well, so the work you're doing now, I guess I'm curious to, to tie together. I mean, I, when you were, you were talking about when you were younger, what you were listening to, do you feel that like when you're working in a studio, you're listening to music, is there an energy and certain kinds of sonic music? Because when I look at your paintings, they feel to me like there's sound in there or there's, you know, and it's probably Mm -hmm. the movement and the composition literally maybe becoming a composition but you know i th- i love those mm-hmm. kandinsky's where he was like drawing the orchestras and they were abstract yeah. but they were kind of about tones and dynamics and the formal issues that one thinks of in like you know visual uh mediums that also happen sonically in songs so i'm curious what your so. relationship is to sound in in relation to what you're doing 
Well, you know, it, it really depends on my mood in the, in the studio. I mean, sometimes I'm not listening to anything because there's just so much content coming at me all the time um, that it's it's a moment to kind of have an expansive quiet, um, which I really appreciate. And sometimes I'm, you know, catching up on um, reading by listening. I listen to podcasts. I listen to you. Um, I really enjoy listening to smart people talk to each other. Um, yeah. And politics and all of that. Um, and then... And then sometimes, like, usually it's later, like when I'm painting at night, that I listen to music. And, um, again, it depends on my mood. I've been kind of obsessed with um, Lucius lately. Lucius? Do you know them? I don't. Yeah. So one of the things that's great about living near Mass Mocha is they, they have a lot of music as well. And um, it's so accessible. And it's usually really affordable. And so they, they have bands and stuff that I'm not familiar with. So I look them up and if it sounds good, I'll go check them out. That's cool. And, um, yeah, we saw the roots the other week and, uh, yeah, this, oh my God, they just, my God, quest love. It was just like a wall of sound. They were amazing. Speaking of intelligent people, too, if you listen yeah, to no his, kidding. Uh, him on podcasts and his, I mean, he teaches about that. He's great. Yeah, that that documentary. Yeah, um, yeah he's he, yeah. But anyway, this 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 group, Lucius, check them out. These two women. Um, and I've been listening to Amos Lee. Mm-hmm. He's got a beautiful new record and I really I really mostly appreciate um, vocals yeah yeah I love so it I really, love it because one would think like someone who loves vocal music would be a figurative painter but it's totally not the case <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yeah it's like yeah yeah um, the narrative element it isn't it funny too how different music is at night you could play the same song at 7 a.m. and at like 11 p.m. And Isn't that right? Totally different feel. Yeah. Especially after I've had an edible. That'll do it. Oh, yeah. Although I haven't had those yeah. yet. But I've heard that that will really. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah. With my, my earbuds and a little, you know, with a little radio head. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's all over. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I don't know. I'm such a control freak. I'd be, I think I'd be worried of like not be. Well, it's probably good to. It's about it's about the opposite of that. Yeah. yeah, it's about not controlling, which is it's. I found it uh, really nice. Yeah, I can imagine. Really, really, really nice. I can just really let go. I mean, mostly I'm painting, obviously, without that. Right. But once in a while, um, whatever is kind of blocking me, kind of falls away. Yeah. And it's it's pretty pretty blissful in there. I was going to ask you too about you know you've like. Roughly how many years have you been painting, would you say? Oh, good Lord. Did you put in your 10,000 um, hours? <laughs> oh, shit. Did you Malcolm Gladwell it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, I got out of grad... Well, let's see. I went into grad school in 1988. There you go. And I have not stopped since. So... So that's a long time. This is a fair question. I that's think. like... You put the hours in. You seem... Well, the work and you, you seem very energetic. How do you 
maintain your energy? Like, how do you, are you just an energetic person when it comes to making work or do you find it difficult at times? Do you get those lags and, you know, how do you feel energy level wise? Yeah, I, I'm really grateful. Um, in some ways, I guess I give it energy, but it really does give me energy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's really it. I go in there to, to get that to get that hit it's funny because i i totally know what you mean but i think for me i get more of the hit in this sort of like meditative mental sort of flow state mm-hmm. like bliss whereas mm-hmm. the physical like i i definitely exercise and i feel like some people feel like oh well i don't have time to exercise or i'm there's not enough hours in the day and i'll wake up like two hours earlier and exercise because i feel like it gives me more energy even though i'm right. using energy to do it 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 gives me more fuel or something in a way. Yeah. And I feel that yeah. way, like in the studio on the mental side of things, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, mm-hmm. it like recontextualizes my relationship to reality, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Not that I'm thinking that literally every moment <laughs> that I'm doing Right. It, of but, course not. But when you come out of there, I always come out of the studio and like, you know, it's, I back out into Bushwick and I'm like, Oh Yeah. The real world, you know. Oh, this is still here. Yeah. yeah. As I almost get hit right. by like a truck load or something or whatever it is, uh-huh. you know, I'm like, oh, it's just in like, I just checked yes. out for like five hours, you know, and now it's like back into the world. So beautiful. It is really so beautiful. Nice. It's, it's, yeah. you know, I, I feel like maybe that's why I am able to still be in the city because I do have those moments. But when mm-hmm. I visit my, my in-laws and they have the beautiful view of trees and like the hills and stuff. And I'll just sit out there for like an hour in the morning with a coffee and watch the birds. Yeah. I think to myself, yeah. I could definitely do that. Could you though? Do you think you could? I, I, yeah. As the years go by, definitely. Long term? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I'm getting there. Yeah. Well, I do get that. I do get that every day. I do go into the woods just about every day. That's pretty Incredible cool. hiking around here. That's pretty nice. It's, it's essential. This is like breathing the air and like watching the the life. I don't know. There's something different about it. I mean, I've been just being in touch with nature and looking at. I mean, I'm really very observant as well when I go out on these walks and just to kind of as a way to forget um, kind of the hellscape of Earth. 2022 right. I just really I you know to be around the tree I mean it sounds really corny but it's like the trees really don't care no it's I you know, know. They, they they do not care they've been here they were here you know years before I was they will be here for you know centuries after and I just zero in on you know look at the base of a tree and there's a whole universe there yeah it's like there's a web and there's some moss and there are bugs and there are worms and there are things decaying and there are things growing. And it's just, I don't know, it, it puts things in a perspective for me that helps me get my head right, you know? Yeah, and I, it makes more sense to me now when I asked you about the music thing of being like, oh, well, when I'm working, sometimes it's just like a quiet because I'm focusing on the work. And it seems like, because in the painting, a lot of the paintings are so dense. There's almost like this horror vacuity of like explosions of like layering of mark making and dynamics that it's almost like you can go out and just walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like if you were in the city, it'd almost be like too much of that. I think I'd be making, you know, paintings that were just about gray. You know, open space, gray probably. Paintings, gray fields. 
<laughs> yeah, sometimes you need to balance, you know what I mean? So to have that kind of like, you know, energy in the work and then being able to step out into a quiet, yeah. serene landscape is probably, you know, life is about a balance, I think. I've been, right. you know, you said you've been in nature every day. I feel like I've been around like, you know, people every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. for like 24 years now, I'm kind of like ready. Wow. Like I, I'm I'm ready to move on from people. <laughs> Huh. I ju- well, maybe once I your ju- son is ju- out of high school. That's where we're going with it, yeah. Yeah, I hear that. But uh, but no. and it, But I mean, I don't even know if, like, my paintings are, you know, when I step back and look at them, you know, in their totality, they really are, I hate to say busy, but there's a lot going on. They are dense and complex. And I, I mean... I don't even know if those are the paintings that I really want to make. Those are just the paintings that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah. I mean, I really, I really respond to work that's very minimal and open. Uh, I really love that work, and I also love, you know, really dense and meaty and you know, full of process. And I, I love all. The, you know, the more that the more I paint, I feel like the more humble I become and the more I appreciate really what everybody's doing. Um, I feel right. the same. I think as as you generally, as we get a little older and we see more and do more, you just you get less of that thing of when you're coming out of school and you're like, well, I'm better. Like what? That's not good. Yeah, like that competitiveness right. and just sort of like be like, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing. I mean, I could yeah. still see work yep. where it feels like someone's phoning it in and I'm just like, yeah, I don't really that I don't, I don't appreciate. I don't but if you can convince me that that what you you're doing what you have to do. Yeah. I don't I don't even care what it looks like. Like I am on board. Yeah. I'm 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 on board with whatever that is. I agree. And you know, I I relate to that the comment you made about sort of like, well, I don't even know if this is the work I want to make. It's the work I'm making because I feel like I mean, I love abstraction in all shapes and forms and mm-hmm. you know I could very I could, I could totally just devote myself to making abstract paintings I just feel like the way that I paint is like I'm compelled to just do it it's just like yeah. my stuff or like n- not my in a possessive way of just there's a way of working that I think is is my language like I love other languages mm-hmm. and I wish I could speak like 50 of them but, exactly, but I, I I just speak English, you know. But nobody else can speak, you know, the Brian Alfred language, but you. So it's on you to do that, right? It's like you you are who you are in a way, and you can change that. You could tweak. I mean, tomorrow I could just start making gray minimal abstractions with one little bead of red paint somewhere in each one, and just make a whole body of work. I'll just feel like I'm making gray paintings with a red. Who bead. is that? Yeah, yeah. I'll feel like I'm doing it on purpose, whereas. There's something really intuitive, and it's, I think it's intrinsic to the way I grew up and what I like to look at or whatever, and it's just, you know, because when you, as you know, when you do something for 20 years, you know, a process of doing something for 20 years, there's certain things that become sort of part of you in a way, so. That's right. I don't know. It's You can fight that. It depends on how what your work is. You know, some artists... Their, their work is constantly about fighting you know their their urges or what they think is mm-hmm. where they need to go to mm-hmm. and you know they'll purposefully give you 
themselves rules. I can't use this color. Yeah. I can't do that. Oh God. You know, and that's part of what makes them stay engaged, you know? Right. But some people just, you know, you have an intuitive way of working and you try to fight it, but you come back to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's really the whole, that's the whole point is to just follow whatever that, that is that's compelling me to make that work. Because it's you. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time uh, analyzing it, honestly. Right. I just I just get in there and do whatever needs to be done. Right. You know, and people say, so how, you know, how do you, what's your inspiration? How do you, because, I mean, for people who aren't painters, they, sometimes they really don't understand how a painting, like, the ones that I make, how does that even happen? And right. you know, should it? I don't know. Why does it? Um, so you know, you get questions like, of course, like how long did that take? What do, what did you use? But what's your inspiration? Or how did you start? It's just like I, I am so far beyond that now. Like you said, it's like I've been doing it for so long that it's just. Um, it's just so deep. Yeah. It, it's so deep in there that I, it, it's like, it's like, you know, learning a language. You don't question how you know it. You just do know it. Yeah. And it's, it's just, what are you going to say using that language? Right. It's like your toolbox. That's the toolbox. Those are my tools in it. And then it's like, mm-hmm. what do you do with that? Instead of saying right. like, well, why is there a hammer in there? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, this is what I'm uh-huh. working with. Right, right. And sometimes the house falls down. Yes. You know, and you got to rebuild it. Right. Or it's, you know, it's kind of a piece of junk uh, split level. But. That's true. You got to call in a plumber. You got to call for assistance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you need to to tag out sometimes in the art making process. Uh, I love collaborating, though. I, 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 fortunately, you know, since I do animation as well, I've been able to collaborate a lot with other people and, and musicians and stuff and I feel like that is that's nice that's definitely a way where I've been able to sort of like branch out or like push the work into a direction it normally wouldn't without me doing that sort of hyper conscious that's nice you know yeah kind of fun yeah I did do I did do a collaboration once with a an artist Luke Haynes mm-hmm. who does quilts and I think we're gonna do another one and I'm getting ready to do a collaboration with an artist. I think we're each going to start um, some works on paper and then oh, that's cool. swap them yeah. and send them over the channel. And then, you know, I, I'm excited about that. And exactly, it's like it's going to take me out of myself right. in a way yeah. and, and have to consider a different perspective in somebody else's, uh, you know, marks and vision and it's going to be interesting so we'll see how that goes and maybe maybe i can do more of that yeah i love that idea and i think there's as Mm -hmm. artists have like this irrational fear of like oh but it's not going to be me it's like where you're so like you know so we're so much of a control freak that the idea of someone else making a mark on it's like oh you know and i think it's yeah that i can really i can I, i can easily relinquish what I've made to someone else for me, I think it would be harder to sort of be like standing side by side oh, and right, yeah. working. Like I really need to be by myself 
You're like that That's musician the way my brain who like works. writes the tracks and sends the tracks off to the other person instead of just being in a room. Oh, that just sounds. Yeah, that's that sounds sad though. No, no, that's that's in terms of music. No, there's lots. Isn't of it better amazing, to be sitting there together? Well, and, it's a different it's a different process. There's so many people nowadays yeah. who do this sort of like you know, like collaboration via like sending stuff to each other, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. You know. Well, it's really kind of like. Um, Building, yes, you know, one thing on top of another, right? Rather than you know just mixing it all together and making it all in one go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a different process, but I think that's baked into a little more of the way that we're disseminating information these days. You know, like yeah. it's it, that's true. There should be like you know remix shows of art where art just gets remixed by someone else. It'd be fun. Mm. That could be fun. But, yeah, there's a stigma, you know. Although, I think these days a little less so. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the holy object right. of, Don't the, touch my of the art. Don't touch my stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right. Hands off. Don't, Step away. Yeah, this is my stuff. Uh, this is my uh-huh. mind that you're witnessing. Uh, I know, I know. So, what are you working on now? Anything in particular? Um, in terms of shows? Oh yeah, or just or, well, work. you mentioned that one collaborative project, which is in in the pipeline. But anything else? Are you just yeah. making stuff? You're just in the grind. I'm I'm always making stuff, and you know there are a couple things on the horizon. But you know, if I'm always making things, then when things come up, I've got the work, I and that's sort of the been the way it's gone for me. Right. Things kind of come out of left field. And I'm ready. We don't want to sit so. around and wait. You know, what I mean? it's it's nice when you do get that deadline because you're like, okay, well, this is then you can fit That's things true. into something. But you know, we're just making stuff regardless. I always yeah. do that thing when I have a show like this past show that I've had. You know, when it's over, of like, okay, well, I'm going to reset, and then within like a few days, I'm back in the studio just working. Sure. And you know, yeah, it's like reaching around and trying to find that next chunk of ideas of like what it's going to be, but. You know, it's who really wants a break. It's, it's a flow. I mean, yeah, who does want a break when it when you're doing what you want to do more than anything else? Exactly. You know, yeah. What's the break for? I know. Feels like almost obligatory. It's like okay, well, I've got to rest a little bit, or I'll burn out, or you know, I've got to take a couple of days. But do you like? Do you work in? Like, do you do bodies of work? So, so if you do have a show, it's sort of something's concluded, and you'll start something else. Or do you kind of work more in a I, sort of just an ongoing flow of 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 work of whatever comes up? Well, I I went through a long time, and probably still kind of in it, but I generally have like a theme or like a, a something I'm interested in. And it can mm-hmm. bleed into the next thing sometimes, or sometimes it's not quite so concrete. And other times it's like, you know, this show is about surveillance imagery, all, all about surveillance. Or this show is about, you know, conspiracy mm-hmm. theories, or this show is about sunsets, or whatever. Right. And sometimes the idea will be more generally open. Like, right now I'm working on a lot of work that's based on, like, since COVID has been, you know less severe been able to travel and and do more things and take more photos and it's been more diaristic in the sense of like these places that i've been to and these images that i'm taking so you know that might gel into something more concrete or it might stay vague but that's kind of where i am now but generally the shows have like a a vibe or a theme to it 
Yeah. That's going to be really interesting, though, that work that you just described. I hope you know, so. as you look back, you know, in the future. Yeah. Because it sounds like it's very personal to you and your experience during that time. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the sh- my last show, Escape Plan, that I had here in New York was all about being trapped. It was all images that were related to mm-hmm. COVID, but from the inside. Right. So now it's kind yeah. of like breaking back out into the world, you know, in, in these images. So. But, you know, it, it, my first, my very first solo show in New York was just images that weren't necessarily related at all. They were just a group of images. And I always want to get mm-hmm. back to that of like, they're just like seven images that aren't necessarily related. But they're all about our world. So either way, it's related. Of course. Yeah, my work is a little bit more like that. They're like each, they're sort of one offs in a way. Like the, each one is really its own world in a way yeah. I mean I think the work is related I can see that it's all it's all done by me and it's very quite it's quite clear right. but they they do sort of stand alone I think yeah each one well I'm excited to see the next I, I mean I can't wait to see your work like a next a show a group of that work together that would be great yeah um and it was really great to uh to get to know you and thanks so much for doing this I really enjoy the work. Thank you. Was I was cool um, I was really happy to to get the invitation. I was glad to talk to you. So uh, yeah, and congrats on the book. It's really terrific. Thank you. It's been that's really exciting. Yeah. The show that's accompanying it. It's really it's really beautiful. Thanks. It's been a fun project. But yeah, thanks so much. It was great to talk. Thanks so much, Brian.